Well, hello. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosenwald. And, and this, this is Married, married to Hollywood. Hollywood, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly. About being married to each other. And the industry. All right. Hey. <laughs> How you doing? Um, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How was your week? Uh, my week. My week has been um, uneventful and eventful all at the same time. Yeah. Um, just... You know, getting, trying to get all of the things in order underneath me in order to be able to move forward as an entertainer living here in Maryland for the foreseeable future. And then also like as a realtor, (laughs) it's a lot. How are you doing? It is a lot. I'm good. I'm good. Um, Training's going well, really well. Good. And just working on a couple other uh, things that are kind of too early in the thing to really say anything about, but... um, class was, went really, really well good, last week. Good. We did a scene that just really connected and it just felt, it, it just, it's always nice when it works, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it makes it sense just, to it me, but how feels does, good. how do you mean works? Where you just feel it through the whole body and there's no getting stuck in your head or any of those actory things that can happen and then you just are, which is what you strive to be each time. But a lot of the times with scenes when you're assigned in class, the challenge is to do all that in order to connect to it, but sometimes it just you know, not going to connect to every mm-hmm. single character. So what do, you, what do you think was different? This one this was week? just uh, it was a very it was a scene I could relate to, and I, it was just a, a different level where it was like, yep, yep, nope, nope. That's just you don't seem like you want to get into the weeds on discussing this. The way I'm asking and the way you're kind of like speaking in generalities. Is there a reason? Uh no, I don't think so. Oh, okay, no, it's just it's it's different when you you can really connect and. It, where the scene hits close to home from mm-hmm. an experience that you've had in the past, uh-huh. um, it's just very easy to sink into it, and okay. you don't have to worry about any of the traps that can happen when you're in a class working on a scene. Okay, that's all. But it's good. But it's good. How was your Valentine's Day? Um, well, I had to work, so that was a little. You did. Lame you did. What were the open houses like this weekend? In so, the ice and snow, and uh, so the open house Saturday was a little bit challenging because of the weather, uh, and we didn't do a good job as a team of marketing it. So there's a little snafu with that. So we didn't see anybody on Saturday. So it was incredibly lonely and incredibly boring. No. Oh. Uh, um, and then Sunday, um, it was great. I had. Two, three more agents with me, technically, because Taylor is an a- agent, even though she doesn't use her license. Um, and you can do that? Yeah, you can have an inactive license for up to four years. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, things you'd know if you took oh the classes. <laughs> I have until April 21st to take it, if I'm going to take it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I um, <laughs> think that's entirely likely. Um but, and so we got to, we shot a little bit of footage. Um, I actually got some nice compliments from some, uh, some industry people once they saw it on TikTok and Instagram. They're like, that was really cool. And I was like, yeah, I shot and edited. And they're like, wow, great job. Yeah. How's that been? You were talking about that the other night of, of shooting it and editing it. And you feel like you've really found a bit of a calling in that. Yeah. Well, it's just, um, uh, the, the issue is, and we were talking about this, I think this morning or last night, when we were looking at another, uh, kind of like property tour, is that if you're not telling a story, if you're just doing a property tour, just do a property tour via video. But to have people involved, you know, the people who are going to be watching the video, crazy, they're people. So you want to explain (laughs) a story to them. You want to communicate something to them as a person. Tell them a story. So telling a story is something that I love deeply. So getting the opportunity to, even if it's quick, 
30 seconds to a minute just to tell a little bit of a through line of a Valentine's Day for a couple or, you know, like coming home after a hard day at work, like that kind of a thing yeah, in a yeah. property. You can give a property that might feel a little bit um, austere or a little bit uh, vacant because it's an empty property and give it, give it life, give it a soul. And that's the kind of thing telling a story that connects to people because that allows them to see themselves there. That allows them to see what it would be like to live there. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that the agents who really capture their properties um, and sell them well via uh, media, that's what they do is they tell a story. Whether you're giving a property tour in person, standing in front of camera saying like, hey, this is this and this is that. And isn't this cool? And look at the ceiling and all that stuff. And you're giving kind of a... Um, a tour, like an actual, just kind of like you're, what, what uh, no, you're being like a tour guide. That's what I'm, but doing that yeah. effectively, um, where you're selling not only your brand as a person, but you're selling the brand of that home. I think that that's a, a hard balance and not every agent gets that because they might come to real estate from a different place. Cause that's a yeah. cool thing about real estate, like the entertainment industry is you can come to it from any which way. You could come to it because you're super into finance. You could come to it because you're super into architecture. You're super into art. You're super into people. And like, there's so many different ways you could end up in real estate, similar to acting. And um, it's nice because it definitely scratches a little bit of that creative itch that I, I need to be continually scratching. But it, it's also a consistent reminder. Like I need to be in front of the camera mm -hmm. in order to tell these stories better. So I need to continue to yeah develop and get on both sides. Well, I need to continue to develop the the storytelling aspect so that I can hand the camera off to another agent or hand the camera off to an assistant and say like, hey, this is what we need to capture. These are the moments. I'm in front of the camera now. Let's right. go. Let's yeah. do this. Totally, totally. Speaking of brand and all that, are you enjoying the Ryan Serhan uh, that whole thing? Because I know, I mean, he's kind of the person who. Uh, one because of the show million dollar listing yeah. but two he kind of caught your eye mentor wise in the book you were reading and then there was this this program that we invested in for for you to do of building the brand and doing this just because he was kind of speaking your language how is that uh, been going i am liking it i'm liking the stuff from him i'm liking the opportunity to connect to other realtors through his thing mm -hmm. but like most communities in that way um i don't like the sycophantic um like lionizing Ryan that he won't do, but that he has built but a brand. others are? Or? Yeah, because the brand of him is how successful he is. So it's, don't you want to be successful like Ryan? It's like, of, yes. And, uh, uh, but, but this program's like leaning on that? But the, the program is kind of like all programs like this. The problem is, is that I would imagine... Ryan's got book deals. Ryan's, you know, yeah, got a production studio now. Definitely. And he's operating at the top echelon of the company and not necessarily understanding on the ground level what's, what's going the, on. With yeah. The, and, and what the, okay. and what the interactions are like. And like, I mean, I, I was sold something. I'll admit it. And I'm not necessarily in love with the end product. With what was, yeah. Are you learning things Yeah, no, I'm learning things. It's, okay, a, yeah, well, it's a different way of thinking about things. I'm connecting to a lot of realtors, which is great. Because at the end of the day, the business is about relationships. Um, I just don't know that I needed to buy those relationships. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha, <laughs> um, gotcha. And, you know, it's, it, it's a cost, but it's also I can write it off as um, educational expense. So I'll get some of it back. Um, but it's... 
what's challenging is it's like I can see uh, how do we phrase this? So <laughs> in real estate, also like acting, everyone's your colleague, everyone is your peer. It right. might be weird to say this, but Meryl Streep is my peer. Weird to say out loud, but she is. Yeah, but she is. She's a. Yeah. We're both union members. Um, yeah. We both have worked on projects, television and film. Has she done commercials? I'm sure at some point back sure in her she life has. she did. Yeah. Back when she could, before people would be like, I don't care about the product, Meryl Streep's in that commercial. <laughs> um, that's an interesting way to think about it, too. Like, she actually would hurt a brand, potentially, because people wouldn't remember the brand. They would remember Meryl Streep. Well, they'd remember the brand that she's holding. That's why celebrities have endorsement deals. Yes, but I think, like, at a certain point in your life, yeah, where, like... If you're trying to break back in or you're trying to re like reestablish a brand, like Meryl Streep's brand is Meryl Streep. True. Um, like uh, Charlize Theron can do Dior, Dior. because Je she don't. is this iconic beauty. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, and so like I, th- I look at Ryan and all the guys on Million Dollar Listing, Women on Million Dollar Listing, whatever, as colleagues, as peers. I don't look up to them yeah, in that way. Yeah, I yeah. look th- I look to them as like, oh, cool. Give me tips and tricks so I can learn how to do what you've Achieve done better. Achieve the level, right. And, I, and, and that's surpass wh- and make it your own. Well, not surpass. I have my own lane. The only person I can compete against is, is me. Is yourself, yeah. And I think that that's one of the issues in any business, in all businesses, is you end up trying to compete against other people. And it's like, no, 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 no. The only person you're competing against is yourself. Is yourself in entertainment? I mean, basically in any any um, industry. Yeah, so how hard are you going to work? Random little side yeah. note off of what you were saying before with Meryl Streep and Charlize Theron, and in the Super Bowl, we didn't even touch Super Bowl last week. We like ignored Why? it because you were so yeah I was so angry. No, about I know it. you were, so I we didn't even bring to it be up. Angry about it. But the commercials awful. There was not a single non-celebrity commercial. It's like uh, when did. And I, I saw an actor friend of ours uh, who we did G. Charles class with, mm-hmm. uh, Suzanne. She posted something about, okay, when did Super Bowl commercials go 1,000% gung-ho only celeb? Because even three and four years ago, my friend Don, he was still doing the Budweiser campaigns. We, we s- and like this year, to be fair, there I was are, with Lila, there, and so I didn't really watch all, all of them. There were smaller roles in a lot of commercials that did go to your average everyday actor, but there were no campaign roles that no, went to actors. That's what, exactly. The they last were one was all, Jake at State Farm last year. They were year. all... Well, that's what I'm saying. This year, there was yeah. not a non-celebrity-centered yeah. campaign. And I, I get it, especially in the pandemic, and they want the star power and people to be like, oh, yay, and feel that. But it's just, for on, the, on the actor entertainment side, it was just kind of like, oh, really? They're all selling out to celebs now? Every single one? Though I did love, 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 love Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher's spot. Um, for Cheetos? And the take on, it wasn't me and her, yeah. her taking it. Uh, Ashton didn't know he had to sing when they first booked that. And then when they said yes, they're like, great, so we'll be singing. He goes, um, excuse me. And Mila was really funny because she said they almost thought of it as a two-day vacation away from their kids. She goes, I'm a horrible mother. I'm taking this job during a pandemic, which is scary, to like be out of the house and away from the kids for two days. Oh, <laughs> but wow. she and Ashton got to do this I whole thing. It. But it was I, that commercial I loved. I didn't see all the commercials this year. Yeah, they, were, um, they were largely pretty bad. They were largely not they, they the were, best. Um, and they were, it just, it just, bummed me out wow. that there was not a single non-celebrity focused campaign. Was it, it just bummed me out. Who did like the Jeep come together ad? Was that Springsteen? 
I don't think I saw that one. Oh. I think you're right. You need to see that ad. It's really funny. Is it funny? Okay. No, 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 no. It's funny, like sad, weird, funny, not like oh. intentionally funny. Oh, okay. It's about coming together and about how in, in Kansas, there is a, uh, the geographic dead center of the country. There's a little church um, that's about, it's this kind of thing where it's like unity. And it's like, you're having a cis straight white guy at a Christian church in the Midwest Tell the country about unity. Your body language while you're saying this is magical, and I wish mm. everyone <laughs> could see the way you just said that. <laughs> maybe, well, it's like I think they might have heard it. <laughs> oh, I think they did. But it's like, hey guys, maybe it's great. Maybe you missed the point. Yeah. And having this yeah. person be del- delivering this message in this way in yeah. this locale might have missed the point. <laughs> and um, yeah, the game was underwhelming. Halftime performance was underwhelming. Um, yeah, I still haven't watched the, that either. I, the weekend, I, like the weekend, is great. His music's is. fun, um, yeah. but it doesn't really translate well to that Super format. Bowl. The grand, the grand. It's not that it's not grand. Scale. It's that it's. Well, no, the Super Bowl halftime show is a grand scale thing, it, and if you're not an artist that can command, it's he's not a stadium performer. That's what that's, I'm saying. That's what, I'm, and that's yeah. what I mean. It's like, right. the, but there are plenty exactly of artists that saying. can that can commit that do grand big things. Yeah. that aren't stadium performers. Totally. And he's totally, not. but he's he's not. I mean, I loved Gaga is still one of my absolute favorite halftime shows. I actually really enjoyed Katy Perry. But when you think halftime show, I always go back. Was it 2001? Where it was Aerosmith, Timberlake, and Spears? It's just like that is such an iconic. No, uh, that was halftime show. That was for when. Me. Wasn't that when Timberlake ripped off Janet Jackson's thing? That was the next year? Was oh, I don't way. think that was the same he year. He just apologized for it, finally. He did. Well, there's a documentary. I haven't watched any of it, but the that's, Free Britney thing. That's um, the reason why and he, he apologized. apologized. I know. I know. And people are like, mm. Too late. Interesting that you're choosing now to apologize <laughs> for your role. It's, it's in, funny. He, um, he potentially ruined two megastars' careers. And he was fine. No. <laughs> is like the the yeah. is the um the takeoff from from that I docu documentary. Apparently, it's like have um, you watched it? No, oh, okay. I, I yeah. just seen like I have comments online. I, I, I want to watch it though. I do. Um, random, well, not random, but just a little update. Uh, I signed up for it's an arts therapy certification Great. thing, but it's along the same lines as the nutritional certification. Cool. So it's just kind of going to be like a getting a feel for it. And if I'm liking it enough to then take it to that next level of the larger program, which is really, really cool. And I'm excited to start it. So I will update all of you with that as I do it. Um, so um, for Valentine's Day. I, I just Day, found out about that. Yes. I realized I didn't, I didn't tell you that. I signed up two days ago. So Valentine's this year was very low key. I mean, I'm, you know, we're in a pandemic. We had said no gifts, but then I found a David Rose Schitt's Creek candle. Jason's gotten very, very into lighting a candle on the nightstand at night um, before bed. It just, it smells nice and we'll watch a little video. It's just, it's a nice way to wind down. And the video, uh, the uh, candle he currently has is running low. And when I saw this Schitt's Creek David Rose, I, I think, was it season four, babe? Or season five? When did you look at me and go, Holy cow, I am I am David Rose. I think it was the last season. Oh, was it season six? Yeah. His eyes just went huge. He went, oh, good God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he went, I, I am. I am David Rose. And uh, this candle has this fabulous little 
thing of it smells like sarcasm mixed with a, a witty. It's just it's a very appropriate. It's me. It's good. It's good. And we did cards. And Lila helped me bake. She was the cutest so little cute sous chef. With her egg. If you go to my Instagram, Amelia Myers ten thirteen, you'll see her. Why is it still ten thirteen? X Files. That'll never go away. Uh, but she I has would, that little egg. I, I changed my email when I moved to Los Angeles 14 years ago from rec- X-Files 1013 to gmail.com. I, w- I would still recommend but maybe taking the 1013 out for branding. It is my brand. I, I am. <laughs> X-Files is your brand? I am you the might, X-Files. You might want to do a little more um, cosplay in your life <laughs> if you think that that's your brand. I just love the X-Files. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but she found an egg, you know, she wanted to hold a raw egg and, and she described to camera what you do with the egg and how it's going to cook and crack. And yeah. it was so cute. cute. It was so cute. And then she got a, a princess fairy costume from Jason's parents and she wore it all day long and it was lovely. But over the weekend, we watched not one, but two romantic movies. Romantic movies. One rom-com, one romantic and drama. one just romantic movie. So, uh, first, we finally watched bam, bada, bam. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. What did you think? That's always been kind of a go-to rom-com favorite for me because it's not the stereotypical rom-com. There truly is a spin on it because you see it from both sides. Spoiler alerts. Both points of view and each of the main characters have an agenda of their own as yes. to what they're trying to do. So it really gives something fun can, and different. Can I give a take dispassionately from it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go okay. ahead. Okay. W- need to preface this. I enjoyed it. I thought it aged incredibly well, considering a film of its era. Um, and I yeah, think it, holds it still up holds really up. Really well. That being said, and watching you watching it, you were really really enjoying it, very, it. and it made very me very happy movie. to see him reacting to it and how much he was actually invested and enjoying it. Made me very happy. It's a very cringe movie. In that way, a cringe movie. Yeah, oh like, yeah, you did. You were hiding oh, your face cringy. in your shirt. Um, so. <laughs> If you take a step back and you look at those characters and their actions, in um, even within the world of the film, they're both kind of evil people who and. How did I know you were going to go here? I knew you were going to go here. I knew it. Okay, go ahead, continue. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I shouldn't say evil. <laughs> I shouldn't say evil. I should say they're both sociopathic because they're less concerned. Whoa. Well, evil and sociopathic are different. Sociopathic means you can't understand other people's emotions and you prioritize yourself and your rules. So, if you look at both of their ends justifies the means performance through until they have the realization and they like have a moment where they realize they actually are in love and they can actually overcome the trial of lying to each other so aggressively. Um... (laughs) They they come together and it's beautiful. They're they're both just iconically beautiful as a couple in the film, but like we don't. The film's like we don't know what marketing people do. Matthew McConaughey do marketing. Um, we don't know what actual journalists do. And I'm talking like of the era, like the way that films were written. Then it's like this person's a marketing executive in New York. They make money. That's that's all they do. You don't like you don't understand or explain why they're in marketing. There's like they just happen to have a job. Like this person needs to have a job to explain what who they are, but they don't it doesn't affect them as a human being. It doesn't like those all of those things, none of those things were important to the story 
other than the complicated, like it just from a film writing perspective, I understand why it's such an impactful movie because it sets up all of these tropes and like makes them like died in fast in stone. Like these are the way you'd write people for rom-coms. And it's like, no, these people caught lightning in a bottle once. Yeah. You can't repeat this formula because if you do, it gets a little misogynistic, gets a little, uh, it gets a little weird, gets a little wrong. Like, is Andy Anderson a good friend to uh, Catherine Hahn's character? Hmm, questionable. Yes. Questionable. She's yeah. she's willing she's willing to publicly at work exploit her problems. She saved her from the other person doing it, and the other person would have truly exploited. And she brought her cashmere to make her feel better when she she took a sample. She still brought her cashmere. She might have technically stolen it. I do need to say, I Go think ahead. you are completely incorrect on the sociopathic uh, uh, okay. point that you just it, said because a sociopath has no emotion and can be, can, you know, the extreme can be a serial killer. They have no that, emotions and cannot understand human connection and, and relations. That is not who they are at no, all. No, they understand However, human relations and connections so well that they're trying to exploit them. at work in their own individual things, and that became the number one uh, yeah. goal of what they were doing. But they're not sociopaths at they all. They allowed their personal morality to uh, override normal social morality. <laughs> yes, that's not a sociopath. I didn't say they were sociopaths. I said they're... Said sociopathic. Sociopathic behavior and sociopaths. As somebody who's not a doctor or a therapist, I can't diagnose somebody, let alone a fictional character... I don't think I heard you say sociopathic behavior. They, I, they, I just heard that you were saying that they were sociopaths. They were <laughs> I was being, like, they are not sociopaths. They were so focused on their own personal agenda. They were very focused on their own personal to, agenda. They were willing to look past the impact of their actions on, on the another other person. human being. Yeah. Yeah. These are things yeah. that adolescents do all the time because they're not fully developed. It's okay. They're not psychopaths. They're not trying to kill people. Yeah. But if you... If you flip around the um, the music and you change the music, and this is one of those rom coms where if you change the music and make it a little bit more, if you cut the trailer, she seems like she's make a, serial it a serial killer. killer. She seems like a I do, crazy. I do love it. We were like talking Boyle about that. Boyle the bunny ex girlfriend. Not kind too of thing. long ago, where people they'll they'll take rom com trailers and recut them just a little and change the music, and all of a sudden it looks like I this don't insane know if you'd psychological have to thriller. Recut it. I think you could just re- change the music and, and change the frame music. rate a few times to like slow things down here and there. <laughs> for the dramatic turn and the <laughs> you could, but even then, I, it'd be entertaining. I, I just think it'd be entertaining, and also the like the friends conspiring against it. It's all it, I adored Catherine Hahn as the therapist. As the therapist, she, this was also Catherine Hahn's like this was her big break. This was her first big movie, and she was just so so funny. Like, I'm a huge Catherine Hahn fan. Um, like I really enjoyed it. I'm not being I'm not being critical to really be critical. Fun. I'm just being critical from a like a filmmaking perspective. I think that, you know, it's she's everything a guy would want. Yes. And he's just like a decent guy. Like he's not he's not the kind of like to me mm-hmm. the way like that guy is not the things that Benjamin Barry. Benjamin Barry is not the guy I aspire to be as a man. Mm-hmm. He, on the other hand, tells women 
that this is the bar you should set socially, like within the world of the film, and then what that communicates to young women, like in our greater culture. It's like Matthew McConaughey, iconically handsome dude, who for a week tries to exploit a girl to win a contract and happens to be a decent uncle, and that uh, that papers over the fact that he probably only has one night stands, which they mentioned you in the film. You seemed to really like that part, though, when they went to Staten Island. And oh, you got I did. To see I the, did. I did. The family I, I'm part. not. I'm not. Just to, for people who haven't seen it, though, I'd be shocked if any of you haven't. Um, Benjamin Barry, he, his whole thing is he needs to show up with this girl at the big diamond party event in love with him in order to win the account for the Delowers and and be able to be in charge of this whole thing, which would be huge. And Andy Anderson is writing an article of how to lose a guy in 10 days, and so she has to figure out a way to do all these things to drive him away in 10 days, and it happens to overlap timing-wise. Yes. <laughs> you know, in a very convenient, convenient way. Yeah, you know, most films are contrived in that way. And McConaughey's co-workers are the ones who set him up because they are also going for the Diamond account and they had met with Composure Magazine, so they already know Andy Anderson is doing this article. Yeah. So they set him up with her so that he loses the account. That's their intention. Bum, bum, drama ensues. Yeah, that's, her, that's one of her lines. Drama, drama, drama. She says that like three or four times. Comedy, <laughs> comedy ensues. But yeah. I, I, I think... But the, as far as a rom-com goes, it's one of the best, more original overall, concepts. Yeah. Even from a filmmaker's script but, point but, of view, it's about, a better script than but, most rom-coms. But think about how cool you have to be as a woman if you're trying to live up to Andy Anderson. You have to not only be your own woman, have your own career, do have like the height of achievement, but on top of that, you've got to be cool. You've got to like sports. You've got to be cool with guys night. You've got to be cool with cooking. You've got to be cool with not cooking. You've got to be cool with eating whatever he wants. Like the, the expectations of like the cool girl yeah, that she sets up at the beginning, that is more like her actual own personality for like what is attractive hmm. versus like what he has to do to be attractive with like from an emotional standpoint, which is, be uh, present uh, and be decent. I I feel like the expectations of a woman are astronomically high. That's fair. And the expectations of a man are like, hey, you showed up. Hey, be nice. Do the right thing. It's like, whoa, whoa, okay. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But you enjoyed it. I did. Okay. And and if you look at the apology at the end, like the way that things are kind of like pulled out of them at the end. Yeah. Her, like, she needs to apologize to him much more than, than he just needs to apologize. Yeah, like much more than he needs to apologize to her. Explain that I don't understand. They both need to apologize to each oh, other. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying that they don't. I'm saying that the way the the film is like her apology to him, he seems infinitely more wounded. Like the way that the film presents it is like his wound. Like, she might be running away from it at the end and wanting to go do something else that fulfills her as a human being to go right in D.C. and do that. Even though she's running away from him. Yes. Yes. Well, his wound is bigger because it's the first time his heart's been opened. So, of course, his wound would be bigger. But it's, is it the first time his heart has been opened? According to Benjamin Barry. A man yeah. who is a serial one-night stand <laughs> guy. Yeah. It's the first time he's held out on having sex with a woman for more than a night. Well, one, that. Two, it's the first girl he brought home. He's always been very protected. She actually got in, and so his wound may be slightly larger. Yes. Although she was crushed, too. 
but, but then but then it all ends happily with like, their love. It just seems like it seems like her friend. apology has to be much more grandiose than his apology to her. Like she she had to publicly write an article. What did he have to publicly do? Nothing. He still got the diamond account. <laughs> she had to leave her career in New York. He didn't. And he still got the girl. He did. Like that's a but then she didn't leave. She stayed. For the guy. And went to a different publishing house and sure. became the journalist she wanted to become. Because she has a degree from Columbia and is a legitimate journalist. As the film would leave you to believe. But, but the, my thing is... And they live happily ever after. Amen. The end. I should hope. And have, <laughs> and have two and a half kids, a white picket fence, and a dog. The two and a half kids thing. Um, but my point is more just like... As a guy, the expectations, like what that film teaches you if you're in a relationship is your girlfriend is crazy. And if you just show up, you deserve all of these things. And to a girl, what it teaches you is don't be crazy. He deserves all of these things just for being here. Interesting. And I don't like that that socialization is like generational. Yeah. Like you're talking, I can I can appreciate that. As I a father of a that. daughter, I don't want yeah. her expectations of men to be like, "Hey, you showed up. You're a good, good guy. Job. I should love you because you showed up." Right. I don't want that. No, they no. That do, should be nobody's expectation or so relationship. Much more. So much more. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like. But I'm glad we finally saw it. Oh and yeah. I, or me I'm, too. I'm glad you finally saw yeah. it, and then I got to re-see it. I hadn't seen it in a long time, and it was really, really. I'm glad really we got fun. to share it. Yeah. And with my parents. We watched it with my parents, too. My mom had seen it. My dad never had. So it was really fun to see you two. And dad was chuckling. He, he, he was into it. It's not his cup of tea kind of a movie, but because it has the whole, it's not the typical boy meets girl thing, but they both have that agenda, and it makes it fun. Um, yeah, dad was, dad was pretty into it. I was disappointed by one historical thing in it. Um, the Sacramento Kings did not play the New I, York Knicks. You said that in that NBA scene, finals. and I looked at you, and I went, just stop it and just watch the movie. <laughs> I was like, you are not going to do the pick-apart thing as you're watching it. Just watch the movie. <laughs> no, it's incredibly well shot, incredibly well edited. Uh, music is great. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's one of those films that can't be made anymore. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I don't think it... Yeah. And, and also, the, but luckily, it holds up. It yeah, it holds it up really well. But like, need you, a remake. It's not about remake in that sense. Like, but if you tried to do all those things now, people would actually be uncomfortable watching it because there's so many people inside of so many rooms. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Like, it needs to be yeah. like you can't set that film in 2022. No, I guess not. Because people will be like, there's too many people in that room. Why is that arena so full? It came out what? in 2003. <laughs> yeah. So that means what? Shot in 02? Yeah, probably. Wow. Maybe he shot in 01 at the earliest. That's crazy. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying sometimes you shoot and hold things. That's all I'm I, saying. I think, it was, I think it was 2002. And then for the second time, I got to watch The Notebook over the weekend. And then we watched The Notebook. All right, so The Notebook, again, I'd be shocked if any of you haven't seen it. Again, completely holds up from 2004. Yeah, pretty darn um, well. It is one of these classic romance type movies except it also has a slightly different story and just it gets you every time I would it, be it gets you every time all four of us were just kind of oh yeah i cry the all the time I, I would be curious from like a i would love to speak to a psychologist about their analysis of noah of like that character at what point like when he's going crazy and rebuilding the house yeah. or 
yeah, yeah. like that that um he's just like his dad amazing the whole like the film overall i really really enjoy it holds up really well yeah the acting is so iconic good. the oh, scenes are so iconic good. yeah uh, that one scene in the boat with all the ducks makes me uncomfortable because i don't like birds you don't like birds uh are those ducks or swans they're swans they're swans yeah it doesn't make me comfortable what are you looking birds. at swan <laughs> That movie doesn't hold up either. Shampoo is better. <laughs> <laughs> that movie really doesn't hold up. I haven't seen it in years. Oh, my God. Uh, but movie no, but The Notebook. I think um, one of my favorite things of The Notebook is because of the... It's such a classic romance movie, but it made such a pop culture and Nick Sparks, wave. right? That's a Nick Sparks movie. Nicholas Sparks, back when it came out. And McAdams and Ryan Gosling were together for, what, four, four and a half years afterwards? Yeah. And their kiss at the MTV Movie Awards is like a pop culture moment. Yeah, I don't moment. remember that. Uh, but they had a fun inside joke of whenever Ryan would be away on set and he'd come back, she would always yell at him, why didn't you write me? Um, which is something they shared in an interview years ago and their fans were like, this is amazing. Why aren't you together? Yeah, um, people even now are like, why aren't you guys together? Because they're well, happy. Well, he's happily married with Ava Mendes and they have two kids and she's engaged and they already have a little boy and she's pregnant right now with number two. You know, yeah. they they found love elsewhere. But um, their mm. chemistry, My- like you said, lightning strikes. Sometimes, and you're very lucky if it does, with with this movie and with them, it did. I don't know if any of you have ever watched Rachel McAdams' audition for this movie, but it is available on YouTube if you search for it. She got the script the night before. She was the least known of all of the actresses they were singing for Allie. She was up against some very, very big heavy hitters. And Gosling was there for the audition. And he's off camera. And just the electricity, you can feel it just going through this audition camera. And they just, the movie would not have worked without the two of them. Honestly, true. But my favorite chemistry in the whole movie is between Old Allie and Old Noah. I love them. Gina Rollins, Gina Rollins and, and James, James Gardner. Gardner. Garner. Uh, yeah, Garner. You said Gardner. I did not. You did. Garner. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, love them, love them, love them. And isn't Gina Roland the director's mother? I don't know. I th- I think she was the director's mom. But the the um, which was a fun their thing. chemistry phenomenal. Their story, um, the story of dealing with um, dementia, Alzheimer's, heart problems, all that stuff. Like that was so a unique juxtaposition of how a love story starts, continues, starts and, and ends, and ends in a way yeah. that it doesn't necessarily end. Like it, it creates a place for love to be transcendent if you're a bird i'm a bird because <laughs> they become birds at the end they do they, they fly, fly away, away together. together see suicide pact it's not a suicide pact you're just gonna you're just gonna go together uh-huh suicide pact. it's not a suicide pact <laughs> <laughs> um how did that though hit you this time because when we first watched it together eight years ago nothing Health-wise, had really started to happen. Well, it reminded me. It reminded me of my grandparents when my grandparents passed then, away. Yes. Now it kind of reminds me of what's going on with my dad. Yeah. And it's a little challenging um, as my dad's dealing with, um, you know, his uh, his memory issues. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think the thing that is hard about films like that is the is the need for the industry and pop culture to try to repeat and try to recapture the lightning in a bottle. So it kind of, I appreciate from a money-making standpoint, trying to capitalize on something, but it doesn't cheapen it from the perspective of watching it, but it cheapens the emotional hit 
when you come back to watch it because you're like, oh, right, I remember when they tried to get me to do that in Dear John. I remember when they tried to get me to feel that way in this movie. No offense to Dear John, but it didn't work in Dear John. No, but I'm saying in all those like, in That's all those one of the films, things in The Notebook, it worked. That's one of those things about all those other films that it feels... And I like Dear John. It, you know, I didn't, I didn't dislike <laughs> Dear John. I just, it's not The Notebook. I'm just, those actors were all... Really well cast. The chemistry is brilliant. James Marsden is always the bridesmaid, never I a bride. I love him. He's so good in this. He Lon Hammond. so good. He's so handsome and I so love good. James Marsden. I adore him. Has he ever been like the lead? Yes. Does 27 it? Dresses with Katherine Heigl. Was it good? It was fun. It was a very... So, okay, with rom-coms, <sighs> they can either be excellent, fun, eh, or awful. Those are like the scale of rom-coms. And honestly, um, I feel like... A lot of them are awful. <laughs> I, yeah. I, <laughs> a lot of them I, are just, I feel here's like the formula, here's the script, here's the, here are the beats, hit these six beats, movie's done, the end. Yeah, that's um, literally how Hallmark makes their movies. I know. Um, but, uh, no, 27 Dresses was fun. Really, really, really fun with some good moments, but really, really fun. But it does not go to the tier of... While you were iconic. sleeping, or how to lose a guy in ten days, or that when <laughs> Harry met Sally, or the true while, iconic while level. You, while you were sleeping, do it, not say anything <laughs> negative about while you were sleeping. Not a single thing. Moving on. <laughs> I feel very passionately about while you were sleeping. I love it. Can you ever watch it without being super close to it? I don't understand the question. Like, are you <laughs> are you emotionally too close to that film to dispassionately go? Oh, like I will. I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. That movie is trash. <laughs> it is a dumpster fire of a movie. Yeah. But I love it. It is excellent. It is iconic to my childhood. But yeah. it is a dumpster fire of a movie yeah. and makes no sense. Well, While You Were Sleeping does not fall into that category. It is just truly a fabulous, <laughs> fabulous movie. And okay. an incredible romantic comedy in the excellent romantic comedy category. I mean, Woman Does Exploit a Family... Who's in it? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting here shaking my head at him going, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Um, We're talking about The Notebook today. But the, I think the thing that's uh, that I love about The Notebook is um, also like the little characters that they do. Every, they, yes. And I think that's... Oh, I think Excuse that, me. Bless you. Thank you. I think that that's one of the problems with a lot of rom-coms is... The only characters they bother fleshing out even a little bit are your leads. Are the leads. And they don't really. Then kind of like, oh, look, he's in marketing, so he's smart. And that's the the depth of the character you get. And it the it's on the actor to bring everything else. In the notebook, it's like, no, you've got um, Finn, Kevin Connolly's character, who has yes. a whole relationship, who's a good friend, who's a good... Like, and he's a soldier, like, and all those things. And then you've got um, Martha, Martha, whose story is, like, heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. She's a war widow. You've got uh, the parents of... Um, Every single parent yeah, is all, fleshed all out. Every one. All three parents Everyone. that are fleshed out yes. really deeply. Yes. Joan Allen is one of my favorite actors. I mean, she always has Sam been. Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard. <laughs> so good in this. This cast is... Uh, magic, Phenomenal. magic. And they then, truly then, hit. And lightning. then even the even the smaller characters that don't have a lot of screen time, the kids, the nurses, the things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're written in a way that allow, or, or at least directed, or the actors actually took it upon themselves to create a story and allowed this to be a moment in their story of their lives 
of that character, as opposed to just being a co-star in a rom-com where they just deliver their lines and feel in something. In a cute, sassy way. Or, right. Or like, right. I'm supposed to be sad here. I'm going to be sad. And it's like, okay, well, um, why are you sad? <laughs> Are are you are you actually feeling sad, or maybe you're angry? You should have a camera on you. And right your now. anger is coming out as sadness, or maybe you're not angry or sad. You're just confused, and like those things, I think are in this film uniquely um, to compare. I shouldn't say uniquely. I should say compared to the vast majority of romantic films, rom coms. Uh, it's because it's not a rom com. It's not a rom com Com- compared to most romantic dramas. Yeah, this film. And I think that that's also one of the issues with rom-coms is they try to capture some elements from the notebook. And it's like, bro, no, no, no. Stay in your lane. Just be <laughs> funny. Stay in your lane. Well, they do have to have, you know, like the the character realization moments and the 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 actual inciting incident that then turns things around. I mean, like they have, they've got to have certain well, things. I also didn't realize in the notebook how like just right off the bat, Noah's a little crazy at the beginning. Oh, from jump. Like, like borderline, hangs off the borderline personality disorder hang, crazy. Oh my God, stop. That's no, not borderline personality. But no, he very much is like, this is what I want and I'm just going to do it. It, it, it shows <laughs> the reckless 17 year old. Yeah. I'm the, king of the world and I yeah, can't die and nothing yeah. can happen to me. That he has from the beginning. Oh, it, yes. Yes. No. I, uh, I do love it when he hung off the Ferris wheel though. And then she pants him. Yes. Like the, that movie is just, <laughs> it's really, it's and chef's kiss good. in 1940, that is just a, to be pantsed. That's just not, it's funny because then everyone's up there looking and you know if that happened now, that poor kid, because that'd be all over social media. But back then, that wasn't a thing. Yeah, but then that poor kid went to be on a war hero, and then afterward, he would uh, he would shame you on TikTok for making fun of a war hero. Oh, you just took that to a really dark what I do. place that I don't like. No, no, no. It is what you do. No, yes, but like he, he goes off. <laughs> that is he what goes, you do. He goes off. And he, like he suffers a heartbreak. Yeah. He. Oh, the scene where he sees her in the window, the restaurant. Just the look in his eye and his body language. Oh. Your heart breaks with him. Oh yeah. I mean. Ryan Gosling's a fine actor, but it's Noah. You don't see Ryan Gosling there. It's Noah. And I think that and that's... And that's something that both he and Rachel do so well. They are Noah and Allie so beautifully in this movie. And I think comparatively, I think that's one of the struggles that Ryan Gosling and McAdams didn't... Or McAdams didn't have that Gosling did. What? Um, after, because she had... Regina George and Allie. Came out the same year. It's why she uh, exploded like that. Allie Calhoun at the same time. She was able Hamilton. Well, she became Calhoun, yeah. but Allie Hamilton. She was able to show like, hey, here's the breadth of my ability as an actor in two iconic roles in the same year. Yeah. Oof. Ryan Gosling, to me, he's Noah or Ryan Gosling. He's not iconic characters other than Noah to me. And I think that that's one of the struggles huh. from a career okay. perspective okay. I have. You know, like, not that Ryan Gosling's had any struggles, but hey, hey, no, everyone starts somewhere. He was a child actor. He worked his way up. Mickey he did. Mouse Club. Yes. Yeah. Yes. S- super he hard. Didn't, he didn't struggle the way we did, but he had super lots hard. of projection and I, lots I, of you know. I, I meant as a like, he, I think he struggled with getting out of Noah in his career for the general pop per, pop. Perspective, b- b- mm. pop perception of him. Because in La La Land, you see him more as Gosling, not Sebastian. And hey. in exactly, well, in a um, crazy, um, stupid, crazy love. stupid love, he's also he's Gosling, but then he does 
he he loses himself a little in that character. I do, I do, I do love it. But no, you're right. He's much more With just a gosling. Eyes of March, like he, he was he was good. In he's of good March. in Eyes of March, but that's George Clooney's movie. It is Clooney's movie. Even though he, even though he's the lead, even though Gosling's the lead, George, that's George Clooney's movie. Interesting. I think that's just it's one of the one of the issue, interesting things that can happen when you play an iconic role is. Um, and it kind of happened with um, Johnny Depp after Jack Sparrow. Is you kind of everyone just saw him as Jack Sparrow. After yeah, that. and y- y- they either only want that, so you give them that, or you're like, no, 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 like let me be me. And then you're you, you're not the character. And so it's it's just like an interesting problem that I you know from the sidelines as a peer colleague, it's one of those things that I would say. For the immensely talented actor that Ryan Gosling is, I don't think the industry was willing to accept him as characters other than Noah. And huh. as a result, he kind of, he just wasn't allowed to, um, You would, th- I would think, an actor that does that huge of a role, that young, and maybe he just turned down a lot of opportunities that didn't sit well with him and I, that I'm not aware of. But like I feel like his career, he could have been Brad Pitt. I mean, he has done pretty darn great for himself. I wouldn't knock his career in any way, shape, or form. No, but I'm saying, like, think of the diversity of roles at that age that Brad I, Pitt I put had. Him, I put him in a Brad Pitt category. I know I know. Brad Pitt is like that A-lister, oh my gosh, but that A-lister, oh my gosh, is dying as a form anyway. But no, Gosling... Gosling and Brad Pitt belong in the, on the same... They're on the same plane. Pitt, Pitt, I understand. You're, like, I mean, he's so iconic, Brad Pitt. I get that. I get that. But I get like, what you're saying. But I, like, get I get it. No, but like Brad Pitt also, one of the benefits Brad Pitt had of his era is that he could be in a movie with Tom Cruise, Christian Slater, Antonio Banderas when he was around that age. Yeah. And so he, it's one thing to be on the rise and then be in an ensemble cast of other iconic actors, great actors. I don't think Gosling really has had that opportunity. Hmm. Like he, it's like you, it's a, there's a, the good guys when he's with Russell Crowe. Oh yeah, I and, forgot about that. Movie. And there's like there's just like a handful of films where Ryan Gosling kind of he. I don't know. I just feel like his career. <laughs> I just I just feel like his career for as talented as he is. And it could have been his choices, like like personal. Well, he also goes the more indie film route to get those scripts. Pitt went the Hollywood route to get the bigger. And now Brad Pitt. And makes now he's trying to do because no. he makes and produces those yeah. amazing Oscar worthy films. Gosling from Jump has wanted to go more that route, and that's just you know he, respect. Yeah, it's not it's not about respect or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. The industry was was more willing to accept certain actors doing more diverse roles than what Gosling has done. And then what we've been like, like when you go and you watch a Brad Pitt film, yeah, you're probably just watching Brad Pitt. Like that's probably just Brad Pitt in a wig. That might just be Brad Pitt in a suit. Like, but you're able to consume it in a different way than Mm -hmm. if you watched Ryan Gosling, you're like, oh, that's Ryan Gosling in a wig. Oh, it's Ryan Gosling in a suit. Does that make sense? The way I'm trying to articulate this, kind of, I, I, kind of. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. I'm glad I'm, <laughs> I'm, glad I'm in the kind of communicative <laughs> zone. But it, they were two wonderful movies to watch for Valentine's. Yes, 
And um, I'm just glad we actually got to watch some movies together because we haven't been able to do that in a while. No. We still need to finish the Anne Hathaway. <sighs> and uh, I feel personally attacked by that movie. I know. <laughs> I know. That kind of cracked me up right away. You were like, oh, no. Oh, no. Too close. Yeah. Um, but Is no, we will finish it. She would tell Edgy for? I think so. Yeah. He's great. Oh, gosh. Amazing. The way he plays in his life. Amazing. I feel personally attacked. <laughs> personally attacked. It's so... It, well, maybe we'll finish it by next week. So it's we it on the nose. Yep. Yeah. I think we need to restart it and then watch it all the way through. Yeah, we're only we only got like twenty minutes in. So we'll just we'll yeah. just start over. Yeah. We'll just start it over. Yeah. But um I love you. Love you too, babe. So much. And we're gonna jumpstart my car because my car is dead. And I have to drive it around so it stays not dead. And that's that. And I just love you so much. Love you too. And thank you all for tuning in. Like you say, babe. I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosewall. And, and this, this has, has been, been Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Talk to you later. Love you, bye. Bye. Love is love. Love is love is love. Black lives matter. Yes. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Stay warm. Stay warm in the snow and the ice and all the ice in the snow. <laughs> love you guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.